calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Hello viewers, my name is Srinivas Kunte. I'm the director for content for CFA Institute in India. Uh, welcome to this episode of uh, Tech 15. Today we have with us uh, Mr. Anthony Serhan. Uh, he is the Asia-Pacific Managing Director for Research Strategy at Morningstar. He's also the uh, president for the CFA Society in Sydney. Thank you for joining us, Anthony. Great to be here. Thank you. So we are going to talk today about uh, uh, the future of investment advice. And uh, you know, Anthony is going to give us his insights on the future of investment advice in the next 10 to 15 minutes. So Anthony, just uh, wanted to share, if you could share, you know, what are the biggest uh, changes you are seeing in the wealth management industry? I think the, the biggest changes come from really a global trend of increased regulation and uh, moving it towards uh, more independence around the advice that needs to be given, and also uh, I think uh, the other big, the other two big things I would attach to that is the impact of technology, and lastly the move to for advisors to need to provide more holistic advice and not just uh, where to put your money or where to invest. Right. So, so these three changes. I mean, the technological change, the yes. regulatory change and the role of the investment advisor. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the, these changes, what, what, is, what is driving these changes? Is it, uh, uh, is it that the consumer has become more knowledgeable? Uh, what, what is at the you know, heart of these changes? Let me, let me just uh, address regulatory thir yes. first, because I think there's two main drivers there. Uh, the, the, the first of those, and foremost, um, has been a lack of trust in our industry and the need right. to win back right. trust right. Fo right. following the financial crisis right. and um, some of the things that happened during that period attached to the financial crisis. Right. Uh, and you're also seeing, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's a world where politics is alive and well, isn't it? And, yes. you know, and, and regulators and government need to be shown to be decisive about these things. That's so right, if there's right. mis-selling of products, if yes. there's bad practices out there, they need to address them from, right. a, from a political perspective as well. And from our perspective, we yes. want it to be addressed yes. to win back that trust. Yes. And I think the other, the other thing which I look at, um, a lot of the retirement, a lot of the pools of money that asset managers manage and that wealth advisors advise on have come through either compulsion or um, tax incentivized savings for retirement. Right. right. Okay. And you think about that. Okay. The government sets up these incentives to create this retirement pool. Um, everybody knows that there's not going to be enough money to fund retirement in the future. So the government, see, they need to make sure that these systems are operating as efficiently as they can. Right. So I think that's another driver right. that's sort of pushing it through there. Right. So that's, that's led to some of this regulation. Right. And then 
if you like, you have the technology piece yes. coming in from the side. Yes. So this whole idea of disruptive yes. technology. Yes. And in a way, the outworkings of both of those things, right. I think, is what leads to this third element, which is the need for advisors to broaden right. the breadth of what they're offering. Right. So you've, you've touched upon, uh, again, many important points, uh, the first of them being trust. But before we go to trust, I wanted to understand you know, how will the role of the investment advisor change? Yes. And you know, suppose somebody wanted to join the industry, mm-hmm. you know, what should that person be thinking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what about those who are already there in the industry? For India, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how should a new uh, wealth management practitioner mm-hmm. think about this? Yeah, I think if I was to, to simplify it, <laughs> really, yes, yes. if you want to come into this industry, think of yourself more and more as a behavior coach. Right. You're the coach. Right. You've right. got to get that client. And right. you, you've not only got to create this investment solution, you have to coach that client towards an investment goal. Right. You have to be much clearer about what the objectives are. Right. right. Um, work with them on, you know, how much they can save. Right. Yeah, that's right. important. That's right. Work with them about how to prioritize their objectives. Right. Um, talk to them about, you know, the uh, estate, you know, what, what, you know, estate planning, what's going to happen when they die, what's, uh, what sort of insurance they need, but also more broadly, how to be disciplined enough to save to achieve those objectives. Right. And keeping them on track right, right. when investment markets are going off track. Right, right, right. That's because right. that is the, one of the, the best ways to add value to a client. Right. Uh, and what about, you mentioned trust. So are these elements going into trust building? What are some of the, you know, uh, some of the principles or some of the learnings, if you could share, you know, uh, that can go into building trust yeah. uh, that the investment advisor can think about yeah so i think first and foremost the uh, an advisor needs to have um, um, a pain a model that's uh, free of conflict right so you know right. how you get paid is important as that's an right. advisor right. being able to explain that to a client right. and make them feel comfortable that they are getting um, right. unbiased uh, advice about right. what you're doing for them right. is is very important and then I think the other thing about trust is also being really clear at the start about what you are going to deliver right and what I mean by that is you know it's very easy to sell a dream that isn't deliverable yes. or to sell the latest hot sector of the investment market or the latest really cool theme, um, that's not necessarily going to win trust. And certainly when we we look at firms um, that have been successful, they're the ones who just concentrate on the basics of how to build a portfolio, well-diversified portfolios, and being clear with clients about the ups and downs and what will happen about those portfolios. Because I come back to that idea, you want to be able to coach your your clients through tough times. Right. Um, and part of that is setting the expectations up front. Right. So do you think that the role of the investment advisor, I mean, vis-a-vis, let's say, somebody like an investment banker in the financial services space, Yes. Uh, is it a difficult role or uh, the risk-return trade-off for an investment uh, wealth management practitioner, is it a difficult one uh, compared to others? How do you, how do you put that into perspective? Mm, is it a difficult? Yeah, look, I think it's. A, I do think it's a difficult, difficult job. You know right. why? For two reasons. You you are dealing with things that are complex in nature. That's right. Yes. And two, if you're doing your job well, 
you have to convince somebody to do things differently, to right. change their right. behaviour. Right. That's tough. That's yeah? right. That's, right. That's yeah. tough. Right. And yes. and lastly, you you know you want to be able to do this in a way that you're going to have a lifelong relationship with that person. That's right. Yeah. A lot of other parts of our industry are very transactional. Right. They're all about that point of sale, right. about do the deal and move on. This. You're trying to create something much longer term in nature, so yeah, it's a it's a tougher role. Right, right. So what are uh, but what are the, on the uh, challenging part of the role? It's a tougher role, but are there you know advantages? Maybe one of the one advantages that you mentioned is it's a lifelong relationship that he can build. Mm. Uh, are there any advantages? And you know, as a side question, is there a for a new wealth practitioner? You know, is there does he take or does she take a couple of years? To get established, what is the you know uh, uh, period before she can become a well-established uh, practitioner? Well, that's a hard question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, look, it, let's uh, yes. uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it varies, but we just know you know there's two things about establishing a business. Right. One is you know how many years of experience do you need before you can start providing right. advice? Yes, yes. I'm a CFA charter holder. I don't get my charter unless I've got four years worth of experience. Yes. Yeah. yes. So, so, so that's the, the, there, there we are. Yes. <laughs> you know, right, that's right. right. Yeah. There's four years, yes. and that's the minimum level yes, yes. before you get your charter. Okay. Now okay. Um, to then you know create a business. You know, it's really dependent on the model, the isn't market it? Do you have to go out and win clients? Yes. Are you starting in a company that already has clients? Yes, yes. Uh, what's going to be your use of technology? Yes. Uh, there's many variables. Yes. Uh, on the technology part, right, What? what how do you see robo-advisors? Uh, do you recommend wealth uh, robo-advisors, uh, the robo-advisory model evolving? Uh, and how should... Uh, the wealth practitioner embrace uh, that uh, that uh, mm. uh, you know uh, evolution in technology. Yeah. So look, uh, and I think this has been said many times. Robo advisor uh, is a bad term. Yes. <laughs> and but I, what, what I will say is, robo ro these robo advice platforms aren't the major threat to financial advisors. They are actually, I think, a great opportunity. So you know, take a step back, a broader picture. A few important elements. One, you know, the future of advice is not just about face-to-face. Uh, -face. It's not just about the telephone. Right. It's not just about um, having a website. Right. Uh, it's about putting those things together. Right. Exactly. This idea of clients having a choice about how they access their advice and their investments and information about those. Right. And having choice is a really big part of it. So technology is key to that. Secondly, uh, costs are coming down. So you have to be able to use technology to reduce the cost base of your business exactly. and still be able to work in a profitable way. That's just a given across any industry, right. but increasingly you will see it in this market. And part of that, I think, is technology can be used right. to make um, financial planning practices much more efficient so they can serve more clients. Absolutely. So it's going to, I, I think the what's exciting about that is the good advisors are going to be able to segment what they do right. using technology a lot more than what they've done in the past. Right. Then if I can come back to the actual job of being an advisor and you think about what technology can do. Right. 
as I said, we need to do things much more holistically. It's right. not just about, here's a great port, you know, I've done a risk profiling <laughs> questionnaire, here's a portfolio, let's go, uh, yes. let's go invest in it. Yes. Simple. No, as I said, we want to be able to be a coach. We right. want to understand that. And right. in this world of big data, right. you know, you can imagine uh, just being able to, um, if the client agrees, here's my bank account, right. you know, here's, right. here's some other transactional, here's a record of all of my past investments. Right. And you have a computer that can analyze that information right. and actually automatically say, well, here are some of the problems with their spending. Right. Or, you know, do they save, don't they save? Here's what we've seen about the way they've handled their investments up to now right. and something that we need to identify. Right. The algorithms are going to become much more um, sophisticated. Much more sophisticated. Yeah. And Importantly, it's it's going to help us give better yes. advice yes. and yes. better guide yes. people. Yes. But it's going to be a combination of both the technology right. and the coaching and aspect. the coaching and yes. being able to yeah, be there to take them through that. Absolutely. So my last question, uh, you know, how do you view now as a role, Asia Pacific role, and moreover, you know, a global role, right? Yeah. Uh, you've uh, looked at many different markets. So. Which are the markets which are very well oiled mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the wealth management industry where uh, you know, uh, the, the entire ecosystem is functioning mm. uh, better compared to others? That's, that's a good question. So if I look around the markets or better markets, actually, you know, can I say this first? No market is perfect. Every market has work to do. And within every market, there are segments. Right. Some segments are working very well. Some segments aren't. But those that tend to be more ahead in terms of this move are those markets that have unbundled their fee structures, taken commissions out of products, for example, right. Right. and actually gone to more of a fee-for-service. So you've got um, um, Australia, the UK, uh, the Netherlands as markets that have done that. In the US, I mean, commissions are still allowed, but a, a large part of the money there is now moving towards more unbundled positions. And that's where you have seen uh, the tech technological development. And that's these are also the markets, I think, where I've seen financial advisors really embracing the technology in the context of what they can deliver to, to their clients. So, you know, there's a couple of really good spots. You know, yeah. Yeah, so, so, so uh, uh, no market, market is perfect, and, uh, uh, the, uh, but in terms of the, the regulatory environment, uh, uh, the evolution of the, rather the evolution of the investment advisory model, uh, would, would you like to then say that uh, perhaps uh, the UK or Australia, they have uh, crossed uh, cross the Rubicon, so as to speak, or? There are certainly, yes. look, I would say, and, uh, uh, you know, there's certainly um, parts of the Australian market which I think are, w are well ahead and have some fairly sophisticated models in terms right. of the way they're developing. Right. We also see that in the US as well. Right. But as we've seen with all the um, concern over the DOL, the Department of Labor's rule around fiduciary duty in the US, right. you know, that is, you know, there's a lot of concern there That's which right. points to this idea, but yes. there's still large parts of that market right. that right. do rely on, on, on commissions right. uh, or that, you know, the ability to sell commission-based products. And I think the interesting thing, and I'll take, take the, U, the US for example, I mean, the, in some cases, commissions can be okay. Right. But, you know, in terms of clients, they might be better off paying that upfront commission right. as opposed to a higher ongoing expense ratio, or the client might be okay with paying a commission as a way of paying their advisor. Right. What's important is yeah. transparency. Yes. 
And I think the, you know, and the other thing which I'd come to, and if I can just talk about Asia for, for, for one moment, the reality is the mutual fund industry, as an example, within Asia, including India, right. accounts for a small, small part of the total wealth yes. of investors yes. across this region. Yes. Part of this comes back to trust. Yes. And part yes. of it comes back to the idea that we need to win back win that back, right. not only in terms of being able to trust an advisor, but being able to trust investment markets exactly, yeah. to deliver on long-term goals. Right. Right. You know, we yeah. had the, you know, we just did a conference in Mumbai. Um, most of the advisors there feel that people are gradually moving away from physical assets, gold, property, towards financial assets. Financial assets. But it's still a small part. Right. And that, if you talk about the future of finance right. and the future of financial advice, advice. the opportunity is, is to, do, to, to, to get a model and to do it so well that we're actually going to grow the market, grow the market and right. grow the amount of assets that we can serve right. because we're doing a better job. Right, excellent. Thank you very much, Anthony. My pleasure. Uh, thank you very much, uh, viewers of uh, uh, this episode of the Tech 15 series. Copyright 2017, CFA Institute, all rights reserved. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.